Welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. I'm Kia. And I'm Indira. And you can follow us at underscore Melanin Matters. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting about love. And more specifically, the question that we're going to pose is, are you in love with a person or an idea? And I saw this post on Instagram from the Instagram page, um, We're Not Really Strangers. And they always have really good thought-provoking posts, and it's usually a thread. So this one post has like eight different slides. But the question is, again, are you in love with a person or an idea? And when I saw this, it got me thinking. And I was just thinking that when we're dating, we typically go into these dating situations with expectations and like a list of things that we want in a potential partner. And while having standards and setting boundaries is very important while dating, sometimes our standards are rooted in materialism and vanity. So we want our person to be fine, obviously established. They have to have money, a nice place, nice car, nice clothes, shoes, etc. However, um, we could really be doing ourselves a disservice by putting these type of attributes at the top of our list because we could potentially lose out on a great person or we could fall for the wrong person because they have all of these materialistic things and they're doing all of these things that we think we want. But in reality, their personality is shit and they have no morals. (laughs) So this is when we start falling in love with the idea of the person rather than the person themselves, because we see the things that they provide for us and we see the things that they're doing for us, but we're also overlooking the small things that they do that we don't like, which is which encompasses their entire personality. And when we fall in love with the idea of a person, we ignore a lot of red flags, we overlook their flaws. And we make excuses for them and their behavior because we're so set on who we've imagined them to be or who we think they may become instead of taking them for who they present to us in that moment. So that's why I wanted to chat about this. Um, I will go through the posts and ask the questions that this person asks on Instagram. But first, I wanted to chat with my friend. Hi, friend. Hi. (laughs) So when I brought this idea to you, what did you initially think? I initially thought that, one, this was a good topic. I definitely, as a songwriter, have had this at top of mind on a lot of songs that I have written in the past. Mm -hmm. In trying to figure out, like, honestly what the concept of love is and it's funny how we've already in our previous episodes talked about our love languages Mm -hmm. and talking about the idea of love so bringing it back again to another idea about love and making it about if you are deciding that you're in love with the person or its idea it made me think of the concept of potential versus presence and their actions currently 
And I think that a lot of times as women, we look at the person and be like, I can see in the future you could be this um, instead of taking them for where they are right now. And that's something that I've learned just over the course of dating and really allowing myself to see what is directly in front of me and honestly looking at situations in a lens of like maybe it's your friend's lens because they're not in love with your partner yeah and like really getting the opinions of your friends does help i think that what we have to do is take it as constructive criticism instead of just criticism in general because i know a lot of times when those uh conversations or ideas come up it becomes very tumultuous with those friends um and you're like i know that i've had experiences where friends have said like oh well you've obviously must be jealous of my situation things like that and it's like no, I just see something that you don't see. Like, I'm not in love with that man. So it doesn't, what he's doing is not doing anything for me. So right. I'm only seeing the bad parts. And I think I've taken that aspect for myself and allow myself to remove the lens of being so madly in love with someone to just kind of see them for who they are. And then having the conversation with yourself, are you willing to grow with them is this a non-negotiable on your list or is this something that you can deal with and I think that that concept really comes from growth in your personal relationship with yourself and also just interaction um with men in general and because I did reference our that was our second episode when we talked about our love languages I think so yeah yeah so when I was looking this up it's funny that Gary Chapman because that's the Mm-hmm. The author, yeah, mm-hmm. he was a quote in one of the what are articles. It basically says, "Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to be genuinely loved by another. To know a love that grows out of the reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth loving." And I thought that that concept was, well, his quote um, resonated with me because at the end of the day, you hear a lot of times when people have been, I guess, together or married for a substantial amount of time, it always comes back up that it was a choice to continuously keep loving this person. Like the beginning phases of that, that I'm so infatuated with them is completely fucking done at that point. And it's like, now it's just like every day I wake up to look at you right. to be like, yeah, I'm gonna still stay with your ass. <laughs> Even though you got on my nerves yesterday, the day before that, I woke up, I had a dream about you, you got on my nerves. So it's just like to kind of see, to hear him like say it so eloquently, I thought that that um, quote really connected to what our topic was and then I did do some research to see like what are signs of if you're in love with an idea or in love with a person but I'll wait till your questions come up because they might be in the questions yeah I did some research on I always do that before we do a topic like I type in whatever the topic is yeah (laughs) and then whatever comes up I use it as like like a source to yeah either (laughs) go with my opinion or to give me other opinions and yeah 
I did also find some articles and like you were saying about waking up every day and choosing to love somebody or not just worried about the honeymoon phase because the honeymoon phase literally can last anywhere from two months to just two years. So (laughs) after that, like after you don't get those butterflies anymore or you don't think that their shit doesn't stink anymore. (laughs) It's really about, can you see a future with this person? Like not just talking about trivial stuff, like how much fun you have with them or how they make you feel in that moment. But when you're by yourself, do you think about this person? Do you think about a future with this person? Do you include this person in your future plans? So I think that is also a big part in it. And then on the post, the first thing that it says, it, it, the first thing that it says is, how do they leave you feeling most of the time? No relationship is perfect, but what is the dominant feeling they leave you with? And when I thought about all of the relationships that I've had in my life, which I only count two relationships, like real serious relationships. <laughs> and that would have to be my last relationship before this one that I'm in and then this one that I'm in now. Because anybody before that was just, we were all young as fuck. So I just don't really count yeah. it. But when I think about, when I add into it, like my dating situations and anybody that I've had strong feelings for, Most of the times, I have been left feeling like shit about myself in relationships. And I don't want to say that all of it is the person's fault or those people's faults. But a lot of it had to do with shit that I had going on in my mind that I hadn't, um, that I hadn't realized yet and that was still had like a really big burden on me on me so it's a very hard to what am I trying to say it's very hard to differentiate between the two I guess like is this feeling real like is this how they're making me feel or am I overthinking it and I'm making myself feel this way so when I thought about this question it was just like a loaded question for me because how do they really make you feel like not all of the fucking yeah. bows and bubble gum and oh they're so cute I have they I like them so much but when you're with them and when you leave them how do you feel and I don't know that's like a really hard concept for me in my relationship right now I feel like He makes me feel good about myself and not because he's constantly like doing things for me, which that plays a part into it, but he's very adamant about me working on me and me loving me and feeling good about myself aside from him. And I never really had anybody like that before in my life. Because I felt like 
all of my relationships were kind of like one-sided where I was I was trying to help that person fix themselves while putting myself on the back burner I guess that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) that question towards my current relationship like you guys know we are out of the honeymoon phase of our relationship Mm -hmm. and for me I think what I like is the fact that I am confident and steady in my own goals and admirations for my life and to see him play a part in that to not not be a not to be a part of it to control it because that is what I'm dealing that was what I was dealing with with a previous relationship but to be a part of it to literally just be support yeah we still work on the balance um of that because his idea of support versus my idea of support can sometimes be conflicting um and so I have to reiterate to him like what shows up for me or what is very present for me is this type of support. Now, if you can't provide that, then we need to come up with a compromise in between so I can see that you are actually trying to be there for me because sometimes it it can become a conflict if I feel as though, well, you're thinking that you're showing me support and I don't see you showing up. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that balance. But overall, I see him trying and putting the effort in to learn something that he has no idea about from my perspective. Because we're coming from two different worlds. And me being in my previous relationship, I was coming from a place where we both were in the same um, career path. So we understood what that goal was and what it it looked like. Um, But what I will say is that one person put themselves above in the relationship and that's something that I thought was okay and normal at the time but coming into my new relationship it was like oh that isn't normal and I think that's another thing that is a feeling that I get when I'm with him to know that it doesn't matter if we're not doing the same thing I can see the drive for us is the same drive in each of our career paths and to see like how we show up for each other in those moments um, is something that I really appreciate. And it's not really for me, like I know a lot of times people will say like the things that um, your partner gets you or does for you um, makes them or shows them love. And for me, those those things are great, and I'm not going to ever say that to stop them because, <laughs> hey. Because <laughs> one, one thing niggas will do, they will they will attach to one thing that I said one time, yes. and then they'll never do it again. You will so never get a gift I'm not, ever in your life, yeah. okay? So I'm not, not going to ever say that. But I'm saying that other things that he has done to just show attention is what makes me love him more and makes me choose to continuously love him even when there are parts that I'm like like that become hard for me to deal with and I think something that is really hard is just seeing growth because you're you and your partner can be at different 
points of your growth. And for one person, it can be like, oh, they seem a little slower to what they're growing to versus yours. So that's one thing that I know that I continuously choose to be patient with my partner. And like, I know that he chooses to be patient with me. And I do cherish as well as like that concept to our love. Yeah, I do want to talk about two things you said. The first thing about the um, being patient because they grow your partner might grow at a slower pace than you. That's a big thing in my relationship right now because I'm working on myself and I'm trying to work on all of my inner childhood trauma to become a better person. And my boyfriend also has a lot of trauma, as do we all. And for me, I just feel like I don't see him working on himself to become a better person so that the things that the things in his personalities in his personality that are triggers for me I feel like he's not working on them as quickly as I would like him to and he has told me that it makes me it makes him feel like I'm belittling him when I tell him certain things that he does triggers me because he feels like in his mind that that's who he is and that's who he's been and it's going to take him time to change it and I feel like I understand that it's going to take you time to change it but when are you going to actively work on it because it's one thing to say that this is me and I know I need to change these things but it's another thing to actively do the work to work on it so I really had to take a step back and get out of my own feelings and get out of my own emotions and see where he was coming from because I have been that person that wasn't working on myself and didn't know what the hell I was doing and how I was triggering other people. So patience is definitely a big one. And then going back to what you were saying about the material stuff and that how that doesn't really fulfill you in your relationship as much as other things that he does for you and that's also a big one for me because in my last relationship he would always he would do something that would really hurt me and instead of changed behavior he would just try to shove gifts in my face and then when I would bring up something else that he would do that would not be okay for me he would then throw shit that he's done for me in my face as if I've asked him to do it, which that's not okay either. So I think this question about how does your partner leave you feeling most of the time is very important to really sit down and think about it. Even if you have to sit down and write a list of the pros and cons of your relationship, it's important. It's definitely important. And you have to sit outside of yourself. You can't be in your head and thinking about how you what you feel you should feel or what you feel could be but how are they making you feel in this moment right now yeah that's list will help you come back from the edge when things that are very triggering to you like you were saying like comes up in conversation and it's uncomfortable and I think In my previous relationship, I was the one that was the slow grower in our relationship because there were things that I just didn't know 
were were present or prevalent in my life. And so to now be in another relationship where I feel as though that I have done a lot of work on myself and I'm at a different point in my life and to see my partner like is working on things that he just never, it has never been like important in his previous relationships. So coming to me when I'm asking him for a certain level um, to my relationship, like what I want, it's just like, oh, I didn't know those things were important. And so like to remember how I felt in my previous relationship helps me to communicate with him and be and have compassion to understand like, it literally took me like five years mm-hmm. to get here and I'm begging you to do it right now. And yeah. I and I think one thing that I always do is make sure that like he understands that he has a choice. If this is too much, if I'm asking for too much, I'm offering you an opportunity to understand that like you don't have to be in the relationship if you need time for yourself to grow. Like, and I think that that's also important too, um, for people that are in relationships to not hold over your partner's head about breaking up, but understand that breaking up can be a healing process for your, you and your partner to come back so that you both can be on another level to understand like, Oh, these were the things that were bothering us. I came back to work on those things for myself and maybe we can work back again. If not, then, then that's okay too. But it, it's just the opportunity to understand that like, no situation or no avenue that you take is right or wrong it's just what is good for you in the moment for your future yeah and if you do like leave the relationship and have a plan to come back make Mm -hmm. sure that when you're apart you're actually doing the work because it will be a disservice to yourself and your partner to break up under the guises of working on yourself and then coming back together and having those same problems because that was a big thing in my last relationship we were off and on like I've told y'all before for five fucking years five fucking years and each time we broke up I would always say I'm gonna just focus on me I'm gonna just do what I do do my thing but I was still I was still in the mindset that I wanted to be with him. So instead of me working on myself, I was constantly checking for him, seeing what the fuck he was doing. And it just never worked. It never fucking worked because neither of us were working on ourselves when we were apart. We were out talking to other people, doing other shit, trying to make each other jealous, doing petty ass shit. And then when we got back together, the same cycle repeated. So it was the same, same, same shit over and over again. So if you say you're going to work on yourself, really fucking work on yourself. (laughs) Work on yourself. (laughs) Okay. The second one says, do you find yourself rationalizing their behavior more often than that? More often than not. Hmm. This one didn't really resonate with me that much because I don't condone bullshit and I don't rationalize bad behavior (laughs) because especially if it's something like that's just a, a big flat out no for me or a big flat out deal breaker for me 
or if we are chatting and I see signs of aggression or signs of violence or if we're out at a restaurant and I see the way you treat the waiter or the janitor or whatever, stuff like that is a no-go for me. Homophobia, a no-go for me. Anything like that, I'm not rationalizing none of that bullshit because that's not how I carry myself and I don't want no man around me that's going to carry himself like that either. Yeah. That that question doesn't, I don't rationalize any of like bad behavior. Um, I don't, I don't see that in my partner. So, and if there is a situation where he says something, I always be the, be the first person to check him about it. And he hates, he hates to have political, racial, or any of those conversations with me because I'm ready to go at all times. Yeah. And I think the funniest (laughs) part is when we first started dating and it was this whole thing about the monkey um that was on the sh- oh the H&M you know, like the was shirt it? at H&M yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we were talking about that and then all of a sudden he said he had a friend that was just he's from France and he was saying like Americans are so sensitive about those things and blah 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 like especially black people girl i shut that shit down real quick like i was <laughs> laying down facts and this was I think this was probably our first interaction of talking about race. And he's never, he only knew from afar that I I was passionate about that topic, but he's never had to interact with me about it. So then I'm going like, it's probably 45 minutes of me basically yelling on the phone. Like he's the French guy and he said it and all this other stuff. And he was like, I can see that this topic, you're very passionate about it don't worry this wasn't my idea and he said because i'm feeling like you're yelling at me so that's something i do have to like continue like when i do get passionate about something i'm always like i do start yelling at him like he's that person Mm -hmm. and i have to like make sure that i check myself in that but overall like i'm definitely the one to get ready to say something and i don't care where i don't care where we're at so that doesn't that doesn't happen (laughs) I remember I was dating this one guy. He worked for Metro. All them niggas worked for Metro. (laughs) All them fucking niggas worked for Metro. And you know what's crazy? I met him at Cafe 8. That's what the craziest part is. That is the craziest part. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know all the Metro niggas be in there. Yes. But this was, um, this was in 2016. Yeah. And I had went to his house one day. Because he had cooked me dinner, and this is when I was still watching Empire. So an episode of Empire was on, and it was the episode where Andre was in front of his house. Of Obviously, he lived in a nice neighborhood because they had money. And these white police officers started harassing him and not trying to let him go in his house because they didn't think it was his. And the dude, the dude was mixed. So... Okay. You know, he has a totally different perspective about black racial issues, which from that point, I just knew it wasn't, it was a done deal (laughs) because he said something like all he had to do was comply or all he had to do was show them his ID. No, the fuck he don't have to do shit. Yeah. And I started cussing his ass out. It was a lie. <laughs> right, right there and then. <laughs> right the fuck there. Like, nigga, let me, let me, let me learn you something real quick, okay? <laughs> and then he was like 34. So I'm like, boy, you too old all, yeah. to be saying shit like that. 
those Mm-mm. ages, if you don't have it by then, you're not going to have it. <laughs> you're not going to get it. It's just like, I can't, I can't help you, and I won't. Period. But I learned very quickly that he was a fuckboy, so. <laughs> and he worked for Metro. <laughs> That's how you knew. That's how, it, that was, you know what? Ignoring every- red yeah. flags. <laughs> because that was a red fucking flag. <laughs> Metro niggas ain't shit. Period. The third one says, are you afraid to ask certain questions or confront certain truths out of fear of disrupting the relationship? I want to say that this one does resonate with me, but not even just in like romantic relationships, but I've been the one to like bite my tongue or not say certain stuff or not ask certain questions, even in friendships or amongst family, just because I don't want to cause conflict or I don't want to stir the pot or whatever but what I've come to realize is if people that are in my life can't handle me speaking my truth or asking them uncomfortable questions to gain clarity on a situation then those are just people that I don't need in my life Because you shouldn't feel the need to censor yourself around people that claim to care about you. Because that's just another form of suppressing who you are to make other people happy. But I don't think I've ever felt this way in a relationship. I think what maybe I struggle with is finding the right words. Maybe to ask the question because if you know the person like you say you do you would also know their triggers and what offends them so like I think that what my biggest issue would be like I would question like is this the right timing Mm -hmm. for this or is like this the right way to say what I'm trying to like convey to them or ask from them um just because like I can tell or like based off of situations know like this could if I ask it in this blunt way this could make the conversation veer in another direction that isn't going to answer my question and it's going to cause more of attitudes versus yeah arguments versus like actually trying to solve something Mm -hmm. so and I will say like in my not in my current relationship because we had had a conversation about basically being direct and upfront with each other and I feel like that type of honesty has helped us like move forward like to monitor our emotional side to things and just try to get to the bottom of solving our situations but I will say my in relationships before that I've had maybe had some issues on like I see something that can be a result to why you are a certain way that you are. And I just don't want to be the person to trigger that. And in in my in my um in those situations, it has always been something about family dynamics. Like you are the man that you are because of your family dynamics. And those conversations I feel as though are triggering, especially coming from When people look at me, I'm coming from a two-parent household that looks healthy and together. And for for me to come to my partner 
and try to check them on situations where it's like your family looks different than mine's, it can become belittling and mm-hmm. it can become um, argumentative or attacking. But from my experience and what I've learned, it's like those are triggers to create who you are as a person. And I think that those types of questions had to be the hardest things, but they're honestly the foundation to how successful you can be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you can't have those conversations, then I feel as though it makes it very, it makes it a harder battle for you to succeed in your relationships for the future. And I think in my current relationship, we are just more upfront about like certain things. And we also learned that having a mediator and having a therapist to facilitate those types of conversations benefits more than your partner coming to you saying like, oh, well, if your blah, blah, blah is not in your life, then obviously that's why you acting like that. <laughs> Versus if your therapist comes up and be like, okay, let's talk about your family dynamic okay, now it becomes a healthy environment to speak about those things. So I don't think that I've never been in a situation where I felt like I couldn't ask the questions. I just came to the situations of how to facilitate them in a positive way because I do want to have a successful relationship. Yeah, I would say the family thing was big in my last relationship because he had such a strong connection and bond with his mother and she was always constantly like, in his ear and as a woman that's a very hard bond to try to maneuver through because (laughs) those type of men will always put their mom first and I felt like if I ever said anything about it it would automatically be a problem automatically even if I said the slightest thing no attitude no nothing it would be a problem (laughs) so I definitely understand what you mean about the family thing yeah that's a hard I just feel like that's just triggering to any and everyone Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't matter because you're just going to become defensive and protective of something that's connected to you like I hold them true to me so you coming in as a outside viewer to my life it it comes off as like you trying me at this point and then it's like y'all two random niggas that y'all don't even know each other no more (laughs) that's like this happened with me with my grandfather years ago like I told y'all before Mm -hmm. me and my dad and his family have always like clashed but I remember one time me and my dad had got into it about something and I don't even remember what this was but I was with my grandfather and I guess I had got mad at my grandfather for something and I said something to him and he came out of his mouth to me and said, well, now I see why your father ain't talking to you. And I was just like, excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> and that just threw me, like made me fly off the handle even fucking more. I was completely done because it's like, how dare you speak on a family situation that you don't even know nothing about, nigga. You wasn't there. (laughs) That's really fucked up, though. It is so fucked up. Like, why would you... This situation don't have nothing to do with what me and my father got going on, so why the fuck would you even bring that up? Yeah. (laughs) He not talking to me because he is your son, and he's the spitting fucking person of you, and y'all act just the same. (laughs) Fucking crazy. The same person. So, yeah, family... 
Don't ask nobody no shit about their fucking family, please. <laughs> some people are liable to slap your ass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Does the relationship require a very specific set of circumstances to feel good? I guess for this one, it would be like if one person is always like calling all the shots or one person is the person that's always making all the plans or always setting the time and days that you can or cannot see them. And in that instance, I think you're dating somebody that's married because... Baby, what? <laughs> Baby, what? I can't call you at what time? I can't see you. We can't go out. That's definitely a marriage. Yeah. That's very much what this sounds like. And I don't deal in married fucking business. So, yeah. This don't resonate with me at all. <laughs> yeah. Because it says uh, specific, you only deal with them in specific situations? It says or... it requires, the relationship requires a very specific set of circumstances to feel good. No. I mean, I feel like I'm, I like to be spontaneous and like new things, so the same scenarios would bore me, so that's never occurred mm-hmm. in this relationship or in other relationships, so. I mean, I feel like that's a yeah. One of those non-negotiables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number five, do they respond within a time frame that feels good for you? This one yeah. used to be big for me because <laughs> I hate feeling like I'm ignored. Like mm. if I'm calling you or texting you and you don't call me back or text me back for hours at a time or sometimes in my okay. past relationship days at a time. Uh, yeah it's just like what are you doing and if you're busy in that moment a simple hey can't talk right now i'll talk to you later will suffice but just keeping somebody like out on the ledge not knowing what the hell is going on and they're wondering they could think that your ass is dead and you I'm just out here that your ass is dead because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't respond and you're just out yeah. here like living your best life and then you want to come back two days later like what's up uh not you yeah <laughs> the fuck <laughs> no that's funny yeah this was only a problem in my last relationship i never had this issue with my current boyfriend even while we were just talking that was never a problem i feel like that's like some young boyish type shit like just not responding i didn't i've never had that issue like happen i don't like when i do a double call like if i called you like twice i'd be like oh bitch you doing too much (laughs) obviously obviously you're doing too much because they didn't want to respond but then i just realized a lot of times, like, when I be calling my boyfriend and then he doesn't answer, it's because he says that I consistently call him when he's on the toilet. Like, I have a telekinesis where he sits, he says, I sit my ass on the toilet and you're fucking calling me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he be like, no, I'm going to let it ring because I want to pee in peace. So, but anytime that I've just felt like I'm doing, like, double calling, but that's with just mm-hmm. anyone. Like, I think the funniest moments is because I don't communicate, like, contacting people, like, friends, family, um, 
as often. So when I do call and then they don't respond, I'm just like, oh, bitch. Okay. Like, this, we got a situation now. <laughs> like, no one wants to answer. So then what I do, I always do this. Like, I'll call one person. They don't answer. So then I just go down the fucking roster. Like, okay, I'm just about to start FaceTiming everyone. And then when no one answers, I was like, okay, I'm doing too much. Like, y'all are all, like, plotting <laughs> against me at this point. I be feeling like. And it's so funny. I be feeling like my fucking phone broke. I be like, bitch, is my service off? Like, are the calls going through? And then I have to call somebody that's sitting right beside me like, bitch, let me know if your phone ring real quick. Because why the fuck is nobody answering the phone? No, yeah, that that's how I be feeling. I think I feel like that more like if, if it happens with my friends versus yeah. like in my relationship. Same. I'm just like, what is going on? Like, Y'all what? do not see. Oh, sweetie, no, let's not even. We No, we're going we gonna to tell the truth. And Darius ass is famous for not answering the phone, okay? And we will blow her yeah, shit up and then text her to stop fucking sucking dick and answer the phone. <laughs> okay, but sometimes y'all know what I'm doing. It could be that. It could be on sleep because honestly, another 75% is yeah. me sleeping. And it's like, y'all are night owls wanting to be up all hours of the night. No, I'm asleep. Like, what? what's up? And then... Or I could be doing music. But if I'm doing music, I'll be like, hey, I'll call, like answer and be like, I'm doing music. And y'all be like, oh, okay, cool. But I never but felt it, no type of way. I just think that it's fucking dick. hilarious. Like, are you sucking yeah, dick? I don't know like, why that's the yes, first thing we always is, say. <laughs> that's really ridiculous. And it always comes in as a fucking text message. And it's like big, boldest day. And I'm like. Please, everyone, please mind your business. If everyone would just calm down. <laughs> if everyone would just calm down and relax. Yeah, that's so that funny. That is funny. Okay, number six. Are they in tune with you emotionally or do you feel the need to write a manual? There's a difference between communicating your needs and having to write it all out. This one is also a loaded question because it's one, like they said, it's one (laughs) thing to have to communicate the way that you receive love from a person. But when you've already done that and y'all still are not connecting emotionally or you don't, you still feel like they're disrespecting your boundaries that you set forth or they constantly do things that emotionally make you question yourself I feel like that's a big fucking problem like a huge fucking problem uh I think that in my current relationship no I don't feel like I have to write a manual about my emotional needs I think once we talked about our love languages and how we expect our each other to show up for each other after that moment of like seriously sitting down and like writing out all of our stuff um that helped and for me personally like I have to write things down to remember them and like it like settles with me but overall I don't feel like I had to do that and and my previous relationships either I didn't feel that I need to 
to do the manual thing about my emotions there. But I think also I just didn't know what I wanted. So maybe looking back at it now, I could have felt that way. But I don't think, I don't think that I was. Also about this part, I wanted to say like, especially, well, in my last relationship, I just felt like, I was always having to prove myself and I was always having to be the emotional person and always having to reiterate number one that I cared for them and that I love them but always having to reiterate the why and the why I needed them to reciprocate the love that I was giving them to me because our biggest problem in our relationship was communication and active communication and active quality time not just being in the same space but not talking or being in the same space and him constantly being on his phone And I always would tell him that that made me feel like shit. Like the words that you say out of your mouth, I love you, never resonated with me because the behavior that you displayed did not equate to those words that you spoke. It really took a lot out of me because I felt like, I felt like I was always trying to make him a better person for me. And that just really fucked me up emotionally. Because it was like, how can I prove my love to this person? And why is he not getting it? So I was taking all of my emotional energy out of myself and feeding it into him but in return he was not feeding that same emotional energy back into me so it left me fucking drained like completely fucking drained because I'm very big on actions speak louder than words so you can tell me whatever the fuck you want to tell me but if you're not actively proving it to me I don't feel it I don't see it Words do not fucking keep me warm at night. Words do not make us grow as a unit. Like, you can literally say whatever the fuck you want to say out of your mouth. Doesn't make it true. Number seven says, Are you seeking real connection from this person or mainly validation? I can say in my like other relationships that I was seeking validation to say like that I was a good girlfriend um quote-unquote ride or die like I was putting all of my dreams and aspirations on the back burner to support their dreams to be successful um and that's some that's something that really hurt me and I knew that was consistently hurting me And I was emotionally, like, basically trying to put that in a box. Um, 
So then at the end of the relationship, just to kind of see that unfold and like how much time I really spent trying to craft a nigga to be something that I wanted and for him to really like show me and prove to me that I was worthy. And then like looking into the current relationship that I'm in now, it's like I'm not asking for those things. Like I already know that I am a good person (laughs) and I happen to be a girl. And overall, those qualities are the things that it's either you're looking for or you're not. Um, And just knowing that I am good with myself helps me just be a better presence to be around. And something that kind of resonates with me with that question makes me think about one, I think it was like an interview or something like that I watched with Will and Jada. And they were talking about how your partner cannot make you happy. You control your happiness. So if I'm happy for myself, then I happen to come to you happy and you happen to come to me happy and we're just fucking happy together. And I think that that's something that I've learned uh, for myself to know that I'm actively creating happiness in my life with or without you. And that's something that's some people might think that it's harsh. And I think that those people sometimes are looking at a, at a relationship to be the thing that holds them up versus like what is holding you up for yourself. And then when you come to the, come to your partner, it makes it more of a healthier relationship to be around um, and to grow because now I'm not depending on you to create something for me. I'm just, I'm working on those things for myself and we're coming together to make moments with each other and I always try to say that like I want a friend in my partner versus having a boyfriend mm-hmm. or a husband because I feel like those titles are just misconstrued into in society and how they're um depicted to us um so when we look at friends I feel like that's the most natural thing that we constantly see in its honest form mm-hmm versus boyfriend or a husband relationship and once you have a friend it's like honestly at the end of the day we're friends that occasionally have sex like that's what we're giving at this point and I think that that makes it a stronger bond um so yeah that that um question was something real yeah I will say that I think the whole validation concept goes back to what we've talked about before but how girls are groomed from a young age to become a wife so you've heard all of your life that you have to have these attributes and you have to do these types of things for men to accept you so once you feel like you've attained all of those attributes and now you're looking for a partner, there is a small portion of you that is looking for him to validate those attributes in you because this is what you have been taught makes up a wife. And I know most little girls dream about becoming a wife and dream about having a wedding. So I think that's where the validation 
concept comes from because I know in my past relationships, I've been looking for validation. Like, grown-ups have told me my whole life, this is who I had to be. Well, I'm that bitch, so nigga, you supposed to love me or you supposed to want to be with me. Look, I'm cooking for you. I'm cleaning for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing that for you. I'm staying down with you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Appreciate me. But we can't put our worth and our value in a man. And that's what that concept translates to. Us putting our worth and our value into a fucking man. And then when the shit doesn't go right, we're broken. And we feel like we're no good to anybody. But and then another part of this is knowing yourself. Like we've already said a million times. Literally sitting with your bullshit and understanding who you are as a person will then in turn help you understand the type of man that you need for you. Not who you need to be for him, but the type of man that you need for you. Because all men aren't even fucking created equally. So I, I would say now in my relationship, I'm definitely seeking real connection. Like I want us to know each other so deeply that nothing could break that bond but us. That's some real shit. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, number eight, does their mistreatment towards you motivate you to change them or walk away? Why do you think that is? And I will say in the past, if people mistreated me, especially like boyfriends, it motivated me to want to change them. And this was real big. Really? Yes. I'm <laughs> Like I said in the last episode, I have a savior complex. And mm. if I feel like a person is broken... Or if they tell me that they've gone through some shit, then I want to fix them because, well, in the past, it was because it kept me preoccupied and it kept my mind off of the shit that I needed to fix for me. Because I also saw a lot of trauma growing up and I also went through a lot of shit that I suppressed throughout my childhood years and my teenage years um, because I didn't want anybody to know, like. I didn't want to be, I just never wanted anybody to know what the fuck I had going on at home because the shit was embarrassing as fuck. So when I found somebody else that had those same issues in their life, it made me feel like, oh, well, this is supposed to be my person. We're supposed to fix each other, but it would always turn into me trying to fix them. And that was a real big thing for me. And like I said, I thought I was in love with this boy. (laughs) I literally thought I was in love with him and we started talking in 10th grade and we were boyfriend and girlfriend whatever that meant at that time but I remember when he broke up with me on the phone one night and he told me he told me this shit word for word (laughs) verbatim and had I just listened to what the fuck he said then my ass wouldn't have been heartbroken years later. But he told me he was breaking up with me. And I was like, why? And he was like, because I have too much shit going on and you wouldn't understand. And me being the savior that I thought I was, I said to him, 
okay, well, you never even told me what you had going on. So how do you know that I can't handle it? Or how do you know I won't understand? Like, I'm literally begging this man to (laughs) let me fix him while he's trying to give me a way out. And if I would have just took heed, headed of, (laughs) that reminded me of Dwight, (laughs) headed (laughs) took heed of, heeding, they would be heeding me right now. (laughs) No, it's headed. No, headed. It's it's taking heed. Headed (laughs) of. Now, that reminds me of Jim, Jimothy. Can I call you Jimothy? Yeah. (laughs) I fucking love that show. But seriously, if I would have just took heed to what he was telling me, then years down the road, my ass wouldn't have been fucking heartbroken over him. So, yes, I've always, in past relationships, felt like mistreatment meant that it was something I was doing wrong and that I had to fix. I think I am a mixed bag. (laughs) It really just... It really just depends on the situation, I think. There's a lot of times where I just be like, fuck it, I'm leaving. And then there's a lot of times where I'd be like, no, I'm going to try to make make this work. That's true. And I think that's what always used to confuse me about me. Because <laughs> I didn't know, like, I didn't understand why some things I would be like, yeah, let's try to work through it. Like... I don't know. I think one of the things that always used to get me is if a nigga cries. Oh, that really shuts me down to be like, okay, let's try to fix. Let's try to make this work mm-hmm. versus like if I got into arguments, I know I'm like in the past, I used to be the person to, I will stop all communication. Like I would not talk to you for a substantial amount of time. And I remember one time, I did not talk to this man for a whole fucking week and a half. And we were at the same school, passed by each other. I would not speak to him. Like, I was dead ass. And then one day he finally sent me a message like, are you fucking serious? Like, what is is going on? I was just like, I need time. Like, I need time. But how much time do you need, really? And it was like, those things, I just think that it was, for me, I've had, those situations and I think I'm still currently working on like if I'm wanting to I think I'm a lean more to like I will I feel more like I want to leave type of thing where it's just like if things feel too emotionally jarring for me and I feel as though like I am exhausted because like at the beginning of our relationship I always kind of felt like I am repeating myself of things that I have already said and I did not want to be in a situation like the past. So like you're, you're trying to balance like not repeating, but being patient and trying to grow all at the same time. And I'm just like, sometimes my initial reaction is to fucking leave and and I have to work on like, okay, like, okay, is this a serious moment? Like, is this something like, that is just detrimental to your life or do you have one more time in you? I just think that I have to put time, like a number of time limits, like, no, this is it. And I think that's what I do do. I, I say like, 
this is the last time like I'm gonna have this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. If you can't get it this time, then this is it for me. And I think like a lot of women do have that moment where they're like, I'm fed up. Like yeah. and then it seems to be the that be the moment that they finally realize or grasp, like, oh, you really were serious. Like, the fuck, why didn't you take it take heed or headed when I said <laughs> at the beginning that this was an issue? I think that that's really annoying. And I think what you were talking about how women are groomed to be this way. Mm-hmm. The only way that these conversations do not have to be a thing is if men are groomed the same way. Because exactly. it is the communication style or just things that are common sense to me that just never crossed your fucking mind. Never passed mm-hmm. by you to think that these are conversations that we need to talk about. And I, I also have learned like what has been helping me really like connect to my boyfriend if there is something wrong I connected to something that is relatable to him that he understands and then Mm -hmm. it'd be this moment of light bulb like oh I never thought of it that way I didn't know that it connected because I've realized that men compartmentalize a lot of things and it only relates to that one thing it cannot relate to something else and as women I feel like we see the relationship in everything as Mm -hmm. it it connects full circle and that concept is just like like baffling to me like oh my god you do not understand why that is a thing or like when guys be like how can you make this argument be about this but I can can you can connect it to this part this part and this part because it's all connected so (laughs) So I'm just like that is really crazy men really are sitting here like putting it in sections and throwing it away (laughs) they're idiots they literally cannot chew bubble gum and walk what's the saying you can't chew bubble gum and tie your shoes. Yeah, some shit. First of all, we are but not they that can't do... We don't need to know that <laughs> saying. <laughs> that is somebody's grandmother, and we are not there yet. <laughs> but you know them grandmas, they be speaking that real, because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> These niggas cannot think about two concepts in one. And so that's why you really... Patience with a man is very important. And having to break it down to them as if they are in the third grade because I believe they still are you have to literally break it down to them or just get somebody else to tell them no that you don't really, say shit else that really get somebody helps. else to tell them because really then they will too. understand Yo. because I remember in my last relationship I used to tell him stuff oh I used to tell him some stuff and then a friend of his would tell him the same thing oh my God. and he would come back to me telling me the shit uh, like he just found the fucking cure to cancer. <laughs> Nigga, I already said this. Yo. Oh yeah, I know, but Yo. you, you don't know shit, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be making my stomach hurt. <laughs> no. Maybe Girl, it that's like a few weeks ago. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I was telling Steve about this black-owned laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And he was just sitting on the couch like it didn't matter to him. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. So I didn't bring it up no more. I stopped talking about it. Two days ago, I think the shade room or somebody posted no. the same black no. owned company and he gonna repost it on his page talking about oh fuck tide fuck game i said sweetie i already told you about this he gonna talk with some laughing out loud i know <laughs> no laughing <tonight>. oh okay <laughs> yeah, oh, okay all right cool 
girl. That is so funny. That happens honestly more times than not. Mm-hmm. And it is yep. baffling to me that, that that's really what y'all need. Somebody else. Or what mm-hmm. blows me is when it be like, another girl can say it and then it now just clicks like one time um he was listening to a podcast and exact things that i was telling him previously to this conversation the podcast has said it's two first of all it was two white women speaking and it was like (laughs) he was like yeah like everything they were saying i was like finally understanding like what you were saying and i'm like why did it take those two white women to tell you what I've been saying for months. And then I tell him, I'm not going to speak anymore. Obviously, what you like me to do <laughs> is just be silent out here just yeah. sucking dick. That's all you want me to do. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to do nothing else. And he's like, stop being dramatic. <laughs> stop being dr-. I'm like, no, no, that's what you want. And I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. Learn it from a podcast from a white woman. Not learn it from me. <laughs> I don't understand why they do that. Like, that shit is so frustrating. Like, yeah, you know what? I am. I'm going to just save my breath. I'm not going to say shit else. Sweetie, when we both in a nursing home, I'm going to live longer because I'm saving these breaths. I'm like, no more. I'm not giving freebies. No more. But I will say that in some situations, I don't feel the need to change people. Like, let me, I had to rewind because I don't want nobody thinking <laughs> that I'm just a fucking doormat because, bitch, no, I'm you're not. Jada getting in entanglements <laughs> with people. Right. Like, none of that is happening. I do feel the need to walk away more times than not. Yeah. But I will say me staying and trying to change them has affected my life more than the latter. Yeah. Because I've been in situations where, oh, when I was with, and one time we, one summer we took a trip to uh, Myrtle Beach. And I think I told this story before. I don't know. But he like got mad at me and grabbed my arms tight as shit and started pushing me down the beach. Mm. I did not feel the need to change that nigga. I felt the need to walk the (laughs) fuck away because... Any sign of violence or yeah. any sign of aggression, I don't play with. And it's not because I'm scared of you. It's because, nigga, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. And I do not want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. That's just the bottom line. So, yeah. you know, I just remove myself from that situation because it starts as you just pushing me. But then it escalates to more shit if I continuously allow you to do it. So... No. no. <laughs> We're not playing those games. <laughs> we not playing them motherfucking games, yeah. okay? And calling me out my name, I don't take, I don't tolerate that type of shit. Yeah. Verbal you know, and physical no. violence does not, is not no. what anyone chatting about here. <laughs> no, that's not it, baby. I'm not telling you to change a fucking abuser. That's not what I'm, I'm sorry, saying. Because you, because you won't be able to. <laughs> no. No, you won't. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, this is the last one that's on this post. So it says, would you encourage your future child to be in the kind of relationship you're you're pursuing or in right now? Mm. And this one is a big. I'll be telling that This one is big. My little me is telling me that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is asking me that. But no, that is a valid um, point. 
point and I do and I bring that question up to my boyfriend like anytime something Mm -hmm. that I speak to him about and he doesn't understand it from my perspective I'm like please think of it as if your daughter is talking to Mm -hmm. her boyfriend and you're and your her boyfriend is doing the things that you're doing is that acceptable and that's the only time where something clicks where it's just like okay I get what you're saying like because I think when we were talking about um I was saying what my love language is and it was um what is it attention and I need oh quality Quality time time. Mm -hmm. yes and he was not understanding or grasping the concept of how like no I need you to be present um and also being able to speak on his emotions like that's something that's a very new concept to him and I'm telling him like you're saying that you want our children to be open and be able to communicate to us no matter the situation, but yet and still you're having a difficult time talking to me about your emotions day to day. How can you require that from your child when you don't know how to do that for yourself? And I was like, and when I'm asking for quality time or I'm asking for affection, when I'm saying that I want to hear that you love me or those these are the types of things that I need Mm -hmm. think of that as how a child literally needs to hear I love you Mm -hmm. probably 25 to 45 times a day because they're babies so those things that you are feeling is a little hard to do with me those are the exact things that are correlated to how you raise a child so when we Mm -hmm. started having those conversations because he's so big on having a family and having kids, the concept finally clicked to him like, oh, these are things that I actively need to work on because they're going to be requirements for my daughter when when I have a daughter in the future. And I told him, when I can see those things in you and they are not something that I have to bring up or like any other things that I've talked to him about that I don't have to bring up, then that's when we can start discussing children. But when I don't see, if I can't see you being the father that I know I want my daughter or my son to see, baby, it's closed down there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not giving. So it's like to have, I think that's really important for a lot of women to have those honest conversations about like, it's cute to say you look cute as a dad or you look cute as a mom versus what does that actually entail? And I think like because I've consistently been around babies my entire life because my mom has taken care of children her her entire life. Mm -hmm. It's just like I understand how tedious that job is it is not easy and it's cute when it's on instagram and it's cute when it's on facebook when you have to actually take care of that child 24 7 put your own things that you have for yourself on the back burner for the greater good of your child that is very like serious to me and it's more than just busting nuts and having kids like it has you have to do way more for me to see it in person and I think like if more women are requiring that of men it will literally level these fathers up to be better dads and fathers for their kids Mm -hmm. yeah because being a parent starts with you like you just because you make a fucking baby anybody can bust it open and have a fucking kid That does not make you a parent. So I think a real big part of me wanting to work on myself and wanting to become genuinely happy with myself and loving myself, a big part of that has to do 
with me wanting to be a mother someday. And I don't want my kids to have to go through therapy to reverse the shit that I have done to them with my toxic behavior. Because childhood trauma is what a lot of us are still fucking dealing with. Like, even if it was subconscious, like subconscious from your parents, if they didn't, they didn't mean to push their trauma on you. But when you're dealing with somebody who isn't whole in the inside, those issues are just going to come out, period, regardless. So when you're in these relationships, you really have to think about your future kids. And if you're in a relationship with somebody and you have kids separate from that relationship, you can't want to bring your kids into something that's toxic or something that isn't fulfilling or a situation where they're not constantly seeing love because then they're going to accept that as love and the cycle will just continue. And that's how we build generational curses. And that just passes down through the years. So... If you are in a relationship right now, you ask yourself, would I encourage my child to be in this relationship? And if the answer is no, then baby, you got to get the fuck. God, I just pray for the kids. Like, for real. I get so sad when I see posts on social media about kids that are being abused or kids that are dying at the hands of abuse from their fucking parents. Or just kids that don't have nobody to love them. Kids that don't have nobody to guide them and show them what the fuck they could really make out of life. It really makes me sad. It physically hurts my heart to hear that about a kid. Because kids did not ask to be here. They did not ask to be here. You brought them into this world. So it's your responsibility to care for them, to love them, to teach them, to do things for them, and to not make them feel like they're a burden to you because, bitch, you're the one that laid up there thinking your ass was cute with this nigga, and now you got this fucking baby. And y'all both need to take care of it. So many times, like parents yelling at their kids and cursing their kids now i'm not gonna lie i might yell and curse my kids maybe once or (laughs) twice but if that's your like permanent style of speaking to your child or if that's your only language that you use with your child that is going to build so much resentment inside of them like you don't gotta talk to them fucking kids like that you really don't and we all like as a black community On social media, you see these posts growing up in a black house or growing up with a black family. And we laugh and joke about that shit now, but that shit is not funny. It's really not fucking funny. And it's sad that we all had the same fucked up as life. (laughs) It's really fucking sad. I believe the children are our future. Did you have any different, um, um, let me see. So my things that I found, it was just five signs that, um, you are in love with an idea. Mm -hmm. One is you find yourself changing to meet 
their expectations. Two was on paper, is it perfect? And that's something we were talking about. Like when you started off, when you were saying, oh yeah, um, we have our list of things that's mm-hmm. like, no, if you don't look good, then it's a no. So that was on there. Three, you consistently compare your relationships to other couples. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was a really good thing. I think especially in, I feel like in our generation, a lot of people are always doing like, oh, relationship goals based off of photo ops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that that's always very weird to me because Mm -hmm. you don't know what those people are going through. And I think maybe a good example is Will and Jada because everyone puts them on this pedestal of a perfect relationship because I think they do a very good job of... Hiding. shielding the negative mm-hmm. yes shielding the negativity um that could be happening in their relationship and just giving you the cookie cutter um perfect version of them but i feel like that's something that we definitely need to stop comparing our relationships to other relationships that's even in the concept of what a relationship is and what that entails for you personally because i know society does that too where a perfect relationship is one between a male and a female. Another mm-hmm. perfect relationship is you are monogamous to your partner. And things like that can hinder relationships to be successful. If that means that you can successfully and health healthily... That's not even a word. Healthy. <laughs> hmm. I think healthily is a word. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up because it sounded right. Shit, I'm over here like, mm-hmm. yeah, girl, healthily. Shit, healthily. Um, it is a word. It's a word for it. Okay, <laughs> can be in a open relationship or have multiple partners or things like that. That should not be frowned upon. If those people found out that that's successful for, to them and for them, leave them alone. But I think right. that we see this concept. Definitely in society, but also just, like, saying couple goals. Like, honestly, you also can be manifesting some dangerous shit to your life. I think that you should be very careful of who you are trying to form your relationships um, with or who you think is a good relationship. But number four was, do you live more in the future than in the present? And I thought that that was also a good concept. I think that, yes, you need to make sure that that person fits into your future plans for yourself, but also just being in the moment with that person um, shows more of like, yeah, like I actually feel like I'm comfortable with that person. I love that person. And that's why I was telling you guys in my, in the other podcast, like when I be figuring out like how long we've been together, it's like, I really don't even be thinking about that. Like it just happens to come up and it's like, oh, snap, it's been so long now. And um, to really know that we're really just like being present with each other really helps. And then the last one is um, you envision a future with a changed mate. And I thought slash, I add to this one, slash like you are changing the person that you're actually with. So it's like in your mind, it's still in your in present it's the same partner but in your mind it's like somebody else and i think that that also is something that um can be assigned to those if you're in love with a person or not or an idea 
Yeah, especially the uh, living more in the future and envisioning a different partner because you are putting, um, you're projecting how you feel you want the future to go onto them based on false ideas that you've made up in your own head with no evidence to back up that this person can even become who you think they are. Because like I said before, if you're not accepting them for who they present themselves as in this moment, there's no fucking way that you can change them to be who you are. Because even if they do change to be who you are, if it's not who they want to be, it's not going to be real. And y'all going to constantly have problems about that. So like we were saying, like making a list. I make lists for so much stuff. I have pieces of paper everywhere. (laughs) And (laughs) yes, because it will really work. And I did have two more things that I wanted to bring up. Do you feel the need to give extra effort to make up for their lack of and do you tolerate the many lows because you care because you crave the few highs? And I think those two were really deep. Um like I was saying about I definitely used to crave the many I you definitely used to accept the many lows because I craved the few highs. Like I said in the last episode, I was willing to accept any amount of attention that he was giving me just to feel his presence like he would come into my life and then offload all of his bullshit onto me literally would tell me all of the shit he was going through so much shit he had to deal with and I would always be there for him giving him advice talking him through shit always And I'm not going to say that it was never reciprocated because whenever I needed him at that point in time, he was there. But then he would just disappear for like months at a time, sometimes years at a time. And then I'm left like, well, what the fuck did I do? Like, you told me everything was going well. You told me how deeply you care for me. You told me how much you appreciated me. So how can you just leave me? And not say shit about it. And then he would come back again. And offload all of his bullshit onto me. And I'm an empath. So I take on other people's issues. So that took a lot out of me. It really took a lot out of me. But I felt like I was helping him. And I felt like I was doing something good. So I kept accepting it. Kept accepting it. But... Like you said earlier, everybody has a breaking point. And I remember at one point, he had came back from overseas and he was living in uh, Phoenix. And he wanted me to come out there and live with him. And I almost did that shit. Almost did that shit. But I swear, the ancestors be looking after me because right after the time, like right after he asked me to come see him, I found out that he was fucking with this Asian girl. And I was just like, (laughs) you literally... Okay, so he asked me to come move to Phoenix with him. And then there was one point where he had got um, 
an assignment to go to Las Vegas. And he was asking me to come to Vegas with him. But I couldn't at the time because I was working at Nordstrom. And I couldn't just take off for like two weeks to go to Vegas. It just wasn't happening. Come to find out, him and the bitch was together in Las Vegas. After you were just begging me to come. I'm confused with his his concepts. <laughs> the man is, he's Looney Tune. Like, the man is crazy. So, and then also, do you feel the need to give extra effort I used to always feel like this, like, me feeling like I always have to do more to make the relationship work or put in more time and always being the one, like, making plans or calling and texting and trying to get us to do stuff together. This happened in my last relationship, so I done put myself through some bullshit (laughs) and I didn't even have to. Well, it's not your fault. It was just the way you were taught. <laughs> that just happens to us. We just feel like we have to do more, like, yeah, to make it work instead of just, like, no, I'm going to do. I think what I love, because I have like, had these experience, those two experiences in previous relationships, but I think the best thing that I ever heard was when Rihanna had that interview with Oprah and Rihanna told us that her grandmother said that all you need to do is love a man at 10%. It will be equivalent <laughs> to his hundred. Yes. Baby, I have mm-hmm. been making sure the meter is like, <laughs> like, settle down, settle down. Because either way, we're already nurturing people. And when we do find someone that we care about, we're already going yes. to just do do that so we have to really yeah we just always have to check ourselves to be like girl settle down do not Mm -hmm. do too much like and i think that that was the best thing i ever heard from rihanna that was right after her and chris brown's situation Mm -hmm. and that's when i knew that that was my girl from day one (laughs) period honey (laughs) but yes it's just like our our regular will always be their extraordinary. So, like, just just be regular, girl. It's okay. And that's what I'm, you know, now that I changed my way of thinking. Yeah. I don't have a capacity. It's just not given. Yeah. Period. So, you take it or leave it. <laughs> and that's where I'm at at this point in my life. Because it goes back to the validation question. I was always so, like trying to be validated and trying to put value on my worth through men and it's just like bitch are you fucking dumb like you gotta be you just gotta be stupid yeah so (laughs) (laughs) what i will say is i hope that whoever is listening to this i hope you sit with these questions If you're in a relationship or if you're pursuing a new relationship, sit with these questions and really write out your answers and really, really for real think about it because you'll be surprised what you find out about your relationship once you take yourself out of it. Like when you're writing this stuff down, don't go into it with the I love this person mindset. Okay, we know that. Yeah. Separate your feelings and your emotions <laughs> from the real. And once you do that, baby. Mm. Every time 
time you give these people advice, you always really be like really direct with them. We already know that. Move on. <laughs> like, dang. I can't even dwell on that for five minutes. Because it's like, damn, girl, we know you love him. Damn, brother, we know you love her. But at the end of the day, love sometimes ain't enough. And that's what's really real. Like, that's a hard truth to accept. But once you accept that shit, you'll be better off and you'll cultivate healthier relationships because love is just not enough. Yep. Another person that was excellent with this great quote, what's love got to do with it? Nothing. What's love but a secondhand emotion? That right there. That was really good songwriting. <laughs> Coming from a woman that was getting yeah. her ass beat. What's love got to do with it? Yeah. Y'all really need to take take heed to her. Head it. Head it. Her, head it. Please. If you were heading. <laughs> they're not heeding me right now. <laughs> I'm done. So, (laughs) Fran, did you have anything else about this one? No. I'm glad that I am in a healthier relationship. I'm pretty excited about that. It's beautiful. (laughs) So, after we've answered these, after we answered these questions, because I've never answered those questions in in Mm -hmm. real life or real time. So, for me to, the work that I have done on myself has evolved to being, I'm good. I'm like, great. I'm yeah, doing, I'm doing I'm doing good work. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. I actually am like really excited about the future of my relationship, and I feel like we're both on the same page, which is good. And we haven't said I love you yet, though. I mean, baby, you got you got time. Nothing. And we have a lot of time. time, and that's what I feel like <laughs> in my past relationship. We said I love you so fast, and it's like, what the fuck were we loving? We didn't even know each other for real when we said that shit. So I I couldn't even get mad at him for him giving me those empty ass I love yous when that's what the fucking foundation was built on in the beginning. An empty ass I fucking love you. Loving the idea of each other is what we were doing, man. Exactly what we're talking about right now. But like always, we thank you guys for listening to us. And if you have any things to add to this list, don't be afraid to write them down below or hit us in the DM. Because a lot of people be hitting us in the DM. I be yeah, checking actually, the DM and I be like, hmm, okay. They cool. be chatting. Cool. That's good. Because we remember when we were mad at them like five yeah. episodes back and they wasn't. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, good job, guys. A for effort. A for effort, (laughs) period. So, that was this week's episode, and we will see you guys back here next week for another episode of Melanin Matters. Peace!